Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Um, but we're going to be talking in Galatians this morning, Galatians chapter 2. And I want us to think about recognition. A lot of us crave to be recognized, don't we? A lot of us crave to... To, to be seen. And actually, what is, what is it that we need to recognize this morning? That is the question I want us to ask ourselves. So we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 2, but before I say that, I'm, I get a bit of reputation in my family for seeing and spotting famous people off the telly, okay? And Chloe's like, how do you always do this, Dad? I don't necessarily go up to them and say anything, but uh, I saw a guy called Dominic West. You might go, who's Dominic West? He's a big, big Hollywood actor, but actually was the lead in the Les Mis of last year, BBC. He played Jean Valjean, so that's Dominic West. I saw him in an airport while we were walking through. Uh, recently in London, I was crossing the road, and James Acaster, the comedian, was walking the other way, at which point I did say, James, and he turned around, and he leaned in, and I said, can I have a selfie? He went, no, it's raining, and I'm late for my train. Um, in the same weekend, I saw Ashley Roberts of the Pussycat Dolls walking down the street. I didn't recognize her, I have to say. I'm not that sad. But uh, she was in a play in the West End, and we just happened to have passed the theatre where she was as this little blonde girl walked with, well, I say little blonde girl, she's a woman, but she's very small, walked with a security guard down the pipe pavement, and I thought, there's something not right about that. And um, I've even seen Audrey Roberts out of Coronation Street as I've crossed the road in Manchester. So that's just a few of the people I've recognised. But I want to show you, in a moment, a short video clip about recognition, really, because... It's funny that Tim mentioned Excel Men's Conference. Excel is in Bradford Life Church, where I think it holds between two and 3,000 people. Um, and it's filled with men, lots of testosterone, you know, lots of people wanting to praise God. Some people going to hear for the first time. And so there's a short snippet of a video from Excel five years ago. Um, and we're going to show it now. So we might need the lights off. Um, can I just say, I'm not showing that because I'm proud of it, okay? It's really important you recognize that at the beginning. But actually, um, I show that about recognition because, you know, I stood in front of those 2,000 men. And the one thing that actually I didn't realize at the time was that those meetings were being streamed live over YouTube to millions of other people. <laughs> I was getting messages on my Facebook from people going, is that you? saying yes, and it was so awkward. But the thing that, I, I've not even got to the main point about recognition yet, because the thing that guts me and upsets me the most is that that night, I probably got up because there wasn't many men from here, but my brother was there with me, and we said our goodbyes, and we both parted our separate ways, and on the way out, somebody stopped my brother and said, you were really good up there. <laughs> I did that for my brother to get the recognition, you know. <laughs> I was gutted, you know, and I said, I hope you told them it wasn't you. He said, no, <laughs> not at all. But, you know, recognition, people think it's important. We can recognize people for who they are. We can recognize people because of what they do, or we can recognize people for what they stand for. And I want to ask a question this morning. Are we recognized for who we are and what we stand for? 
Are we recognized as individuals for who we are and what we stand for? Are we recognized as church for who we are and what we stand for? And the answer is we stand for Jesus. We stand for Jesus. If it doesn't stand for Jesus, it'll fall. You know, it'll fall. And this morning, we're going to look at the verses in Galatians chapter 2. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to look at a few snippets, a few highlights. The question sheets go through the whole chapter in a bit more detail. But we're going to look at a few highlights from Galatians chapter 2 as we ask, what qualities are recognized in us? So Galatians chapter 2, starting at verse 1 to verse 3. Verse 2, just the first two verses say, Then after 14 years, this is Paul writing to the, to the churches in that area, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas, the encourager. Remember him, yeah? I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. Why? Why did he do that? I wanted to be sure... I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. I wanted to be sure that I wasn't running for nothing. So the question as we begin is, are you running right? Are we running right? Have you ever had your gate analyzed? And I don't mean your garden gate, okay? I don't mean you've gone to DW Sports with a, a five-bar garden gate and said, can you analyze my gate, please? The gate is the way you walk. At the moment, mine is a little bit like a duck, I think, as I'm walking around. But your gate, they put you on a running machine, a treadmill. They put you on a treadmill and they put a camera on your shoes and they say, run. And they show you the picture and it shows you whether your feet are landing properly or whether your feet are, are landing in the right position. And as a result, they can then sell you some really, really expensive trainers. And Paul says in Galatians... I don't want to be running this race for nothing. The gospel I preach is the good news. We've seen that in chapter one, those of you who were here three weeks ago, we've had a little bit of a gap. The gospel is simply this, Jesus died for me. He rose again so I can be free. I'm doing a bit of spoken word this morning. I've been influenced by yesterday. Jesus died for me so that I can be free. That's the gospel he's preaching and he wants to check that he's got it right. This is a religious man. He wants to check that he's running right. Why? He had doubts. Do we have doubts? Anyone in here not have doubts ever? No? You're doubting whether you should put your hand up now, you know? Any of us, most of us have doubts from time to time. We can doubt ourselves. Most of us who are Christians, even those who are in Christian leadership, we see here there are times of doubt. John the Baptist doubted, having said who Jesus was, he doubted. Thomas doubted. He's called Doubting Thomas, a bit unfairly, I think. But it's okay to have doubts. It's okay to ask questions. You know, questions are helpful, aren't they? It's silly, you know, to, there's no such thing as a stupid question is one of the phrases I've heard before. I don't know if that's completely true. I can think of some really silly questions. <laughs> but in a, in a school situation, you say, you know, don't be scared to ask a question. Don't just sit there and struggle on. Ask a question. There's no such thing as a daft question. And Paul wasn't prepared to accept what he was being told. He was being told, your gospel isn't good enough. He was being told, no, 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 no. It's not enough that you trust in Jesus and that he's died and rose again and that your sins can be forgiven. You have to add all these other rules to make it right. I'm not going to talk about circumcision this morning. Cut that bit out. Um, 
Do you know, I only thought of that as I was sat there this morning. So that was great. I like that one. I'll keep that one. Tick. I'm not going to talk about that, but that was one of the rules that they were asking for. That was one of the rules. You can't be a proper Christian if you don't do this. You can't be a follower of Jesus. You can't love God if you don't have this in place. So Paul wanted to check that he was running right. He didn't go for a video camera, but he went to people he trusted, people who he saw as leaders, people who he recognized as being able to help him. Do we do that? Do we have somebody to look at things with us? When we have doubts, when we have questions, who do we go to with them? Who do we go to to check that we are running right? Because it's important we go to the people who perhaps are further on the journey than us. It's important we go to the people who may have been there. You know, yesterday I was at a conference with uh, several people for, for people who struggle with addiction. And a lot of the people talking had themselves struggled with addiction. And we're now leading churches, leading groups. And one of the things that was said, and I, I think it was one of the songs we sang this morning reminded me of it. And a woman at the beginning stood and told her story of how she'd had addictions and, and was now infected with HIV. And she'd seen, she'd seen the letters HIV in capital letters being smashed as she became a Christian and she got baptized. And she prayed and prayed and, and God didn't take it away. And she, she was angry with God. She had doubts that God was there because it wasn't going. She'd seen this picture of these letters being smashed to pieces. And she's like, but where are you, God? God in my hurting. God in my healing. You know, a lot of us in this room are hurting. But he is in it with us. This woman, why did God not take it away? And the thing she said at the end or towards the end was this. She said, God didn't give me my problem. That was partly through myself. But she said, but God can use it. And she said, you know, because I've got HIV, I've started a ministry with other people who've got HIV. And because I've got HIV, I'm able to speak. And she said, I'm seeing those people clean. <laughs> I'm seeing those people healed. And those letters HIV are being smashed. Isn't that amazing? Yeah? Because I have this problem. God may not take your problem away, but he can certainly use it. He can certainly use you in it, and he can certainly be there in it. Paul was asking that he was running right. Was he believing and sharing the right message that Christ died and was risen? And because of that, we can be free. Verse 3 in the NLT says this at the end. It says that they supported me and did not demand the extras being pushed. As he shared it with those leaders, he said, am I running right? They said, yes. And they didn't push any extras. They didn't say, yes, but. It was simply, yes, Jesus can set us free. Jesus can transform lives. There are people in this room who have stories of transformation that only God has made the difference, that Jesus' death and resurrection has changed their life. Because it's by grace we're saved. It's a gift, not wages. It's a gift, not something we earn. It's given. It's free. And are we willing to walk with it? Are we running right? Then, the next highlight is in verse 6. And I'm going to read it from the message version. Because everybody in God's kingdom is recognized. Everybody in this room, in God's kingdom, everybody is recognized by God. Not one person is left out. Verse 6 says this. As for those who were considered important in the church... 
Anyone think they're important in the church this morning? I have to say, I'm not, okay? Because we're all as important. Anyone who are considered important in the church, their reputation doesn't concern me. God isn't impressed with mere appearance, and neither am I. And of course, these leaders were able to add nothing to the message I had been preaching. These leaders were able to add nothing, nothing added. We like no added extras, don't we? No added extras. These leaders said there's no added extras. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Have we heard that message enough? Maybe there's some in here who hear it for the first time. Maybe there's some of us who've heard it for a lot of our lives through church, and yet we still try and add the added extras. But Jesus says Christ is enough. We sing it, don't we? Christ is enough. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. You know, God loves leaders, but he also loves followers. In fact, it says in John 3.16, the most famous verse, that God so loved the world. Are you in the world? Are we part of the world? I shouldn't say in the world because that has other connotations, doesn't it? Are you part of this world? Yes. God loved the world. He sent his son to die. That's the gospel. That's the good news that we preach. He also, do you know, God also loves those that chose and choose to ignore him. The people out there who laugh at us, the people who who in our family just don't get it, God loves them. The friends that we go to work with, God loves them. We know it, but sometimes we forget and we're responsible and we need to be recognized as showing his love. There's everyone, there are no exceptions. Verse 7, it goes on to say, It was soon evident that God had entrusted me with the same message to the non-Jews as Peter had been preaching to the Jews, recognizing that my calling had been given by God. You know, Paul was recognized as being from God. We looked at that a bit in chapter 1, didn't we, that he was sent. It says it again, he was recognized as being from God. Those of you who are in school still, I'm looking around, there's a few of you, I don't mean teachers, okay? You have to wear a uniform, yeah? And actually in that uniform, I can remember being at school, I went to Bolton School, and if we misbehaved outside of school while we were wearing the uniform, then we would still be in trouble because we would be recognized as being from Bolton School. We would be recognized because of what people saw. I once worked in McDonald's. And if I, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> you can see I've made the most of it since eating McDonald's. I once worked in McDonald's. And if I walked out of that McDonald's in my uniform, people would recognize me as a student. Um, that's a joke, but anyway. Because <laughs> students work in McDonald's. Come on, laugh with me here. I would be recognized. The Bible tells us if you are a Christian, if you're one of the children of God this morning, then you are clothed in his righteousness. You are clothed in his royal robes. We often sing, don't we? In royal robes I don't deserve. I live my, I, I, I can't remember the next line. I, I'm, I'm rubbish at remembering lyrics. I've told you this before. I live to serve your majesty. Okay. In royal robes, we are clothed in righteousness. Do you want new clothes this morning? He can give us the best. And when we're clothed in his righteousness, people will start to recognize him working on the outside as well as the inside. Because they'll see who we stand for. They'll recognize who we are in Jesus. They'll recognize what's going on in our lives, and they'll recognize that we are people of his love. 
Or do sometimes do we get in the way? Instead of putting on his robes of righteousness, do we try and earn our own self-righteous robes? Do we try and add extra bling to the outfit that we think is going to make it look better? You know? I mean, you know, Robert over here is my friend. He loves orange. He, Gingers of the world united is, is his catchphrase. That's right, isn't it? He was really pleased that my black coat has an orange lining in it. And this morning, he's chosen to adorn it with a flat cap, a bit of bling. Maybe you recognize you are clothed with God's righteousness this morning, but you're still trying to adorn it with your extras. You're still trying to put on those extra things that you think make you look good, when actually when you go home, they fall off. Do you know, all that matters is that we're in his robes of righteousness, that people recognize us for who sends us. Do we grow more and more so that it's recognizing the message we speak? Skip to verse 10. What do these leaders, when Paul goes to say, am I running right? Am I doing the right thing? What do these leaders say at the end? They say this, verse 10. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very eager thing, the very thing I'd been eager to do all along. You know, the only additional thing they asked them to do was to remember the poor. I believe that's the poor in spirit, the poor in God, not just the poor who have nothing physically and practically, but the poor that have nothing spiritually, to remember the poor. You know, do we ever read the small print? Who, who ever reads the small print on things? Anyone? Jake? Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Okay. <laughs> I've got a couple of pictures, okay? Disclaimers and small print are everywhere, aren't they? So here's one from Ikea, a hot dog picture. Oh, not that one. Next one. Oh, that, that's a, this, here's a disclaimer. Uh, Ikea. It says in that little corner there, not actual size. Okay? As, why have they had to put that there? It's because somebody has probably got to the counter and gone, doesn't look like the picture. Doesn't look like the picture. Do we look like the picture? The picture is Jesus. And Jesus loved and loved and loved. Do we look like the picture? Or have we got a disclaimer in our lives that says, not the real thing. Not the real thing. Not actual size. Then you've got small print on things. You know, read the small print. Here is a, a mat. And there's a bit that's circled that's quite funny. It says, put your right foot in, put your right foot out, put your right foot in, and shake it all about. That's quite funny in the small print. But if you read the rest of it, it says things like, do not use this mat as a projectile. You know, it says things like, if, if the mat begins to smoke, immediately seek shelter and cover your head. Um, it says things like, this mat is not intended to be used as a placemat. Um, should do not glue mat to porous surfaces such as pregnant women, pets, and heavy machinery. You know, when not in use, this mat should be kept out of reach of children diagnosed with CFED. Anyone diagnosed with CFED? It's a compulsive fiber eating disorder. And do not taunt mat. Okay, anyone called Matt in here? We'll perhaps put some small pit on you. Do not taunt Matt. Matt Thornhill's not around these days at the moment, he's in Spain. Do we ever read the small print? There's small print on a hairdryer that you can buy that says, do not use while sleeping. You know? There's small print on a Superman outfit that says, this outfit will not allow the user to fly. You know? There's small print on an iron that says, do not iron clothes while they are being worn. Do we read this, these small print things? You know, have we got small print in our lives that we say, yes, I am a Christian. Yes, I go to Springmount Church. Yes, I love Jesus. But... 
if you don't do this, I'm not going to love you. Have we got small print that says, actually, if, you, if you're this type of person, I don't really want anything to do with you. Because, you know, if we have that small print in our lives, it won't become and stay small print. It will be recognized. Because it starts to show. It becomes large print. It becomes large print. Do you know, I would hope that Spring Mountain is recognized as a place that loves people, that wants to love its community. And because if you're here this morning, you're saying, I want to be part of Spring Mountain Church, that means you've got to do it. And I've got to do it. That we have got to love and we've got to accept and we've got to, we've got to cherish people and we've got to love them like Jesus loved them. There's a, I think I've said it before, um, the guy who ran XLP in London, a mission to the gangs with the knife crime, he said we've got to love the hell out of people. That's literal, isn't it? We've got to love the hell out of people because people need God. And actually, they don't want conditions attached. And all we need to say is it's all about Jesus. We sang a song, God in my, God in my, God in my, God in my, God in my. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That is the answer to the world's problems, love. We see a world at the moment that is fractured, yeah? Would you agree? No one country is alone in this at the moment. People hating each other. People using language that is just stirring up hatred. Why don't we be different? Why don't we be different and say, I'm going to love and I'm going to love. I can't do that in my strength. I can't do that on my own. I can only do it if I have Christ in me because he'll give me the fruit of his spirit. He'll give me those things that will help me to love. It will help me to reach out. Do you know, the only extra that they connected to the message Paul was taking is, don't forget the poor. This morning, we care and love everybody. And we say, God loves you. How do I know? Because it says it in his word. And that is our job, to love. It wasn't a condition of being saved, though. They weren't saying, but if you don't do that, you lose everything. They just said, don't forget, because actually in doing this, people will see Christ in you. In doing this, people will see Christ in you. Let's look at the end of Galatians 2 as we come to the end. Galatians 2, verses 20 to 21. Very famous verses say this. I, this is Paul speaking, and me. I have been crucified by Christ. Crucified with Christ, even. I'm on some medication, so you've got to excuse some of my slips this morning. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. What does that mean? It means that I'm associated with him. My sin is nailed to that cross. My past is nailed to that cross. My past has gone on his shoulders. I'm crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. If it's all about the added extras, if it's all about the disclaimers, if it's all about the small print and the rules and regulations, Christ died for nothing. If it's, I'll love you, but Christ died for nothing. This morning, we want to be recognized. You know, the righteousness of Christ cannot be gained by following rules. 
he comes and makes his home in us. And as a result, we can be recognized as his children. You know, Joel is here this morning. Having him back home is great, but people recognize he's my son because he makes the same jokes. Last night, Jenny was sat there saying, I've got a new job, Johnny. I said, what is it? She said, it's doing what I do now. I said, what? Sitting on my settee and stroking a dog. And Joel laughed. I said, were you thinking the same thing? He said, yes. <laughs> it's a very scary thing. Joel is recognized because he is my son. I've shared on that before. I want to be recognized because I am God's child. How do I become God's child? How do I become part of God's family? It's the same gospel that Paul preached. We say yes to Jesus. We recognize that he died for me. We recognize that he rose again, beating death, beating sin. And we step away from the cross behind us. And we step out and grow in love. That's the message of Galatians 2 this morning. It's not about being recognized for the rules. It's about being recognized as his son or his daughter. And the simple thing is, it's just a simple choice. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that as we all sit in this quiet moment, I pray that we will recognize the importance of those verses that Christ in me is the hope of glory and the hope of the world. Christ in me. So Father God, I pray that people in this room will, will open their lives fully to Jesus and ask him to flood and fill their hearts. Father God, it won't make us perfect, but it will make us yours. It won't make us it won't make us infallible. It won't make us unable to do, make mistakes, but it will make us forgiven forever. And it will make us able to grow in more and more of your love. So, Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it speaks to us today. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us will recognize your love. And we will be a church that says, we love you. We love you. We love you. So, Father God... We're not craving recognition for ourselves, but for Christ, the hope of glory. In your name, amen.